Welcome to I'm offended. episode 6 of Undercooked and Overlooked, a critical analysis of Rob Schneider's attempt to shake up the television industry in his Netflix series, Real Rob. <laughs> My name is Tim Bat. I'm Guy Montgomery. And, that, and you introduced the guest. This is how this works. I really introduced myself. No, if you like. you've come all this way, Alice. That's and true. joining us on this episode is. Make sure you add a bio. Fantastic Kiwi comedian, writer, columnist, and podcaster extraordinaire, Alice Sneddon. Hi, Alice. Would you like to introduce yourself? Or do you think Tim did a good enough job? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Because wow. I was, I thought that we were throwing to Guy, and I was like, I've really stitched him up here. He'll have to do a great bio. We're but less you than a meter away. I was just. I know. I was so completely tuned out. But I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for ha- me, having me, and thank you for mentioning the column. Uh, you're welcome. Well, yeah, I mean, the column's your big earner, obviously. <laughs> now, this, of course, for your reference and those at home who might be tuning for the first time, is a show that is self-funded. Uh, written, produced, directed by and starring the titular Rob. Uh, this was episode six. It was called Cleaning House, purportedly about cleaning out a house. <laughs> what Al- was it about? Alice, you look as low. I know I've only spent, you know, I've spent a handful of time with you. I have a vague handle on your mood. <laughs> this appears to be sort of plumbing the depths. <laughs> it was. Oh, I don't even know how to put into words how much I hated what just happened on screen almost for every second of the time that it was on screen. First of all, I've never liked Rob Schneider. So, you know what? I'll be honest with you. He came in with, you know, with a handicap. Sure. You, can you still say that? I'm talking about it, the golfing yeah, 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 term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I'll, I'll be honest, he, he blew my expectations out of the water in the negatives. <laughs> so I, right, you came in expecting something terrible. A, and what you got was somehow... Something that's pushed me to the brink of a, a real irreversible depression. Yeah. So, well, 14 minutes into this 24, five-minute episode, you said, and I quote, I honestly think this is putting me into a depression. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, moments later, you were brought out of your funk by the line spoken by his wife, Patricia. I think you're confusing antique with piece of shit. <laughs> and I just put a footnote saying, belly laugh from Sneddon. Lies. Lies. That's true. Do you remember laughing at that line? I do remember laughing at that line, but but, but in an ironic way. It's <laughs> very difficult to discern. It is. God, I just... You know what? I can't actually... I'm not in a good space to articulate all of the things that I find wrong with the show. For everyone who wants to, Alice is sort of on her haunches, leaning on both her knees, staring a thousand yards into the ground beneath her. I'm so sorry. I don't know if this is good content. Uh, it's wonderful. Okay. Um, well, maybe we should start with... Actually, I, just, I do want to try and capture your mood right now as much as best as you can articulate it okay based on what you've just seen look we're, he, he, here's the best way i can articulate it sure when you work in a creative profession what you do is you push it uphill for you know a number of years let's say decades in the hope that at one point in your life you will be given a shot to show people what you are capable of what i have just witnessed is a man who's been given shot after shot and is and he's used that shot in a literal sense to put a bullet through my head Jesus (laughs) could you please tell us the plot (laughs) I can't 
as it, best it, as it, you can. The normal structure of a sitcom is, and I'm going to get so worked up about this, a normal structure is that it is in three acts. What he had was a series of vignettes loosely related. Oh, my God, I've forgotten about the talking heads. He had talking heads at one point. So normally you'll see a sitcom, and sometimes they'll have, like, Seinfeld did, like, little interstitials where you'll see him do stand-up. This had stand-up and talking heads, and then the longest establishing shots I've ever seen in any sitcom... Well, you were, you were. I'm furious that there are people starving in the world and he's used his money to create something that is making our lives actively worse. You were lucky in that you got to see the full arsenal of weapons in Rob Schneider's storytelling. He cut from one of the talking heads to a stand-up bit in this episode. The man is losing his fucking mind. He's playing with the form. I was worried that this podcast might be punching down on Rob Schneider. You are the one who introduced us to this potential pitfall. Yes. And now having watched that, it's important that he gets punched in the face as many times as possible. (laughs) (laughs) I would just say that on behalf of Guy and myself, we would never advocate for violence against Rob Schneider, but Alice Nedden... I'm happy to go out on a limb. That's a direct (laughs) quote. Uh, Well, a few moments that jump out for your visceral reaction to them. One of them, I think, the entire room was on absolute tenderhooks. In one of the stand-up vignettes... He starts talking about how even Stephen Hawking got divorced <laughs> and then he very slowly reaches yeah, into the inside actually. pocket of his blazer and removes a pair of glasses and the whole room inhaled in anticipation for what will surely be a bone-crunchingly good Stephen Hawking impersonation. You know what? I actually respected his stand-up more than any other part of the show, it especially the Stephen Hawking bit, because I yeah. was like, "Oh, he went there." It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as it was as offensive as I was expecting, but it was funnier than I was expecting. His Stephen, the Stephen Hawking, Hawking joke. Yeah. The problem that got me about it is that it did not follow the logical structure of a joke, <laughs> but it also didn't do something which is subvert the structure of a joke. It more misunderstood <laughs> the structure of. Can I ask of you a, a, joke. a question? Do you like jazz music? <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, back to the plot. So take us through as best you can. What happened in this ep? Okay, I'll give you the outline of the plot. Here we go. Rob Schneider. Uh, I don't know how it begins. I can't they've remember got, either. They've got spirits in their house. There was bad, a, oh, yeah. bad. The, the, if you can cast your mind back, the cold open was Rob Schneider in a laundromat. Oh. That's right. Uh, just this like, just happened. We just finished watching. This. Just being incredibly rude to a father and son in the laundromat about how these washing machines aren't for people; they're for his aunt, they're, they're for, for dogs. If a dog piss, if a dog vomit. But why would he be there washing them when he has the much belaboured assistant do the other much because far the worse? much belaboured assistant Jamie Lasso, who co-writes the show, is not to be trusted with a scene that shows such burgeoning comic potential. <laughs> But he will surely bungle his big opportunity. This really does show that you should never tell someone to give up on comedy. Because... Anything's possible. Anything is but, possible. But isn't it more a lesson that you should tell some people to give up on comedy? No. Because it, it's like a killing baby Hitler thing, you know? <laughs> Don't you think? Like, some people, if just they continue to be enabled and catch um, enough lucky breaks, they can produce this work, which we're watching Real Rob. Which I really, I, I you this like feels mean that. to say, but I agree with you that the, this being out there is making the world a worse place, which <laughs> um, I don't enjoy saying because it's 
it's someone's attempt at art and i think that you need to be open to lots of people's different version of how to express themselves but this is such fucking hot garbage that it hurts that it exists you specifically said you think it's damaging the netflix brand yes i do i strongly stand by that netflix does a does a job of i mean honestly i as i as i just about to launch into this rant i realized they had ricky gervais's humanity up there so it's not impenetrable (laughs) but um they'd be better off displaying and keeping the work of sexual abusers than they would jesus christ Wait, you're you're crossing the streams. You mean Louis C.K., not Ricky yeah, Gervais. I mean Louis C.K. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. I was like, I'd rather you just keep fucking. I I'm blown away by the fact that, yeah, that I'm not bringing a good energy. <laughs> no, you're you're doing okay. You're reacting honestly to what we watched. We've watched five episodes of this today. I'd like to say I can't believe that. I genuinely can't believe that. I'd like that. to say for your reference, Alice. I think that the cold open we saw was yeah. probably the funniest and best executed of all the cold opens that we've had on the show so far. It was Ooh. one coherent joke or extended sort of riff or stanza. It had a beginning and an end. <laughs> uh, like there has been evidence through the previous two episodes that Rob Schneider is learning as he goes. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you know what? That brings me hope. No. That's I, progress. But I don't that's agree. Progress. I don't agree with that assessment. As the only other person in the room who's watched the trajectory of the show, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. He, for him to go from one of the talking head bits into a stand-up bit instead of back to the show You've, first. It, it's called Don't Be Afraid to Fail, you know? Yeah, that's but true. You should I'm be... actually coming around hard on this. <laughs> I'm making a full 90-degree <laughs> right turn. This show hasn't got any better. It's gotten different, and each episode fails in its own way, but it has not. I don't think it's improved from the pilot. I question has his wife ever showed an interest in the performing arts before so there is a um, mention of in the episode because this is autobiographical i take the little tidbits of information they give us as real so there's a mention that she's 29 which blows my mind she's 29 well that's what they said in the show and i believe that that would be true because why would you not yeah. At least he thinks uh, it's really funny. The only but the other the other thing is that she said in one of the episodes that she came from Mexico where she had a life as a TV producer. Yeah, she's got a lot of producer credits here dating back to 2007. Her acting debut was in a short called Alkahest in 2006 as Patricia Snyder, so as herself. <laughs> and uh, Pat- since Patricia. then, the only splash she has made in the entertainment industry is as a performer is beginning with Real Rob. You will be excited to hear she will be featuring in Fight or Flight in 2016, which I don't think has been released, but it has been completed. And Planeta 5000. There's so so much good footage, it's taking them two years. She is simultaneously making her writing and performing debut in this show. And, I've got to say, up against Rob Schneider, she's acting her pants off. I think. (laughs) I don't think she's all right. I will say that whatever bar has been set by this show, she is well clearing it. <laughs> but Jamie isn't somehow. No, I. Although he doesn't feature heavily in this episode because he's sick. What is his background? Is he? He's a, he's a stand-up. He's some sort of stand-up comedian. Right. That doesn't mean he's good or has charisma. No, but you'd imagine that it would mean those things. When I think stand-up comedian who has a TV show, you know, I would say those are two of fun- the fundamental prerequisites. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Speaking of, we did have a cam- another cameo on this episode. It's always a treat for us here at uh, Who was the cameo? Undercooked and Overlooked. George oh. Lopez. Oh, yeah, I forgot. George Lopez, that's right. I forgot about that bit as well. Well, it's hard to remember all this stuff because it doesn't appear to happen consecutively <laughs> or in any meaningful way. They just sort of keep throwing stuff up in the air and it lands when it's and like, where it lands. That's right. He had the guy come in to do the spirit cleaning and then the, the guy was like, I need marijuana. So then we followed this whole thing about medical marijuana for a good five minutes before returning back to the house the house where the, the spirit cleaner had just, had just remained presumably been hanging out watching TV or something we are then treated to um, definitely in the top three continuity eras in the series so far where there's a back and forth and the spirit cleaner is wearing a what do you call them like a cap it's thing. a skull cap sort it's, of it's, that's right yeah it's, no it's a stocking it's not a, yeah it's a stocking it's a head thing a little thing for the hair, it's like skull, a it's called a skull cap. I, I thought a skull cap was it's another. It's very long at the back. It's like a do rag, much longer then. than a normal skull rag. It was more like a scarf that was tied around. His Let's head. call it a head scarf. And uh, in one of the back and forths, it's just it disappears, and then you cut <laughs> back to Rob's angle, and then it's back there, and then you go back again, and then it's gone, and, and yeah. you go back to Rob, and it's there again. In five seconds, they, they get it wrong three or four times. Which I think was the moment where I thought, well, maybe Rob Schneider is actually actively trolling the audience. Oh, okay. Do you reckon? I mean, it's unlikely that he has the ambition or wherewithal to execute such a vision, but that is, that's not a difficult scene to reshoot. No, and do you know what? Here's the thing that I noticed as well. In that, in that sequence, the bit where it's going back and forth doing the cutting is because he just repeats a sentence like incredulously. I can't remember what the wording is, but he's like, is it? Is it, it is. Is it? It is. So it's like you could just edit you that repetition edit out, out yeah. and you would actually be fine. So the editor has either by their own volition or been instructed from on high from Rob to fucking keep it in. I see it. We all see it. Alice gasped when it happened. <laughs> I did, yeah. It was quite shocking, though, because the only other continuity error I've ever noticed that bad before is in Love Actually. You heard of this film? Where's the continuity error? It's an ensemble comedy. And Do you like it? I love it. <laughs> but I know it's Actually. problematic, but I enjoyed it at the time that I enjoyed Friends as well, which is like, you know, when I, oh, I was less aware. We don't need to get into it. Okay, all right, let's not. But in Love Actually, the, the Laura Linney's like, crush is sitting on the end of the bed, and he's got pants on and then we see her and then we cut back to him and he's not wearing any pants. Now, it's not a continuity error I would ever complain about. It's quite <laughs> honestly a, a, a great surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think in those ones, there's this one in We Are Your Friends as well where Zach Efron's on the ground and then it cuts back and then less than a second he's standing up again. <laughs> I like to imagine just the mad scrambles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what's happened? This guy off just cam. is frantically <laughs> trying to get his <laughs> yeah. pants off. She's and he's talking about how her brother's ill, and he's like, oof. Oh yeah. my God, i got to get it out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I think I was too hard on Rob. I want to I want to pull it back a little okay, bit. Okay, cool. Well, here's and, your opportunity. And speak to the positives of the show, mm-hmm. which are that... Um, <laughs> yes. Really get that microphone in there so we can hear... Yeah, it's amazing to see somebody really put their money where their mouth is. That takes a lot of uh, bravery. And, um, you know, for that, I have respect for him that he has the confidence to back up his ideas with his hard-earned and often, you know, if we're honest, easily earned cash. So for that, I say, you know, kudos to you, Rob. 
Do you think maybe an extra set of eyes on the script or the direction or any element of the production might have been of use? Yeah, here's what I think happened. I think all three of them wrote their lines independently. (laughs) (laughs) And then they arrived at set on the day of shooting. (laughs) And they were like, okay, I know what I'm doing in this scene, all individually. And then they go, Rob goes action. He runs in front of the camera. There's no cameraman. He's behind the camera. He sets up the shot. He yells action. He runs in front of the camera and then they all say their lines that they'd individually planned with no with no adjustment for what the other person has just said. And then he goes, cut, when there's been a silence of about a minute because he, he doesn't know what everyone's got planned. And then he goes... We've got it in the can. <laughs> no, I think he goes. Actually, we'll shoot it again from fifth, a degree that is an angle that is fifteen degrees different, just so that we've got coverage. Something that we can cut to. Does everyone remember what they were doing? No, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I like. I like the thing of him having seen Kirby Enthusiasm and heard about the process, being like, "Guys, we're going to do the same thing Kirby Enthusiasm do. <laughs> we're all going to write our own lines and just show up and perform them." He definitely had it. Here's oh, here's my second theory. This is my B theory. Theory. He had a coffee with Larry David. <laughs> he had a coffee sitting at a table adjacent to Larry David yeah. <laughs> and listened to half a phone call while he explained the concept. And, uh, he thought Larry David was um, on the phone discussing how he made Curb Your Enthusiasm, but in fact he was on the phone um, discussing probably like a mixture of things. I'd say he was planning a funeral... <laughs> Talking, walking his, talking his way through a divorce and also um, recalling a recipe to somebody. <laughs> and, and you think Rob was Rob furiously writing various this down. bits of those conversations and was like, I understand how he made the show. And then my third and final theory is that he said to himself, you know what, I've got 50 minutes of stand-up that goes okay. And I have... How many episodes is this? Eight. Eight in a season. season two seasons. Are there two seasons of this show? <laughs> Believe it, Alice. Believe well, yeah, it. Yeah, after the first season did so Who well. Who funded the second season? He did. <laughs> he funded the The Schneider estate. Did he make back his money on the first season? We have no idea because all Tim the Netflix... Thinks, Tim thinks that he paid Netflix to take it. I think he sold it to I Netflix for less cry. than it cost him to make. <laughs> you, you are like welling up. There was Talk a joke. it out. No, 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 hold on. Talk it out. What are you what is this? I just can't believe <laughs> that he funded it. That This is how Trump got elected. <laughs> well, Rob Schneider is he's he's a Trump supporter, isn't he? Is no, he? surely not. Oh, he's wave he's sort of I think he's flirted with the idea. He's probably oh, his a, fucking daughter's a pop star. He'll be a Ron Paul supporter. Rob Schneider's daughter. Has he even an older daughter who's a pop star? Yeah. Oh, incredible. She did that song, that huge song. She's successful. Yeah, yeah. she's successful. She had one big song. Crazy. I didn't know that. Uh, does she have the Schneider name or does she does she have like Different a performance name. stage name? Ellie Ellie King? Yeah. What's the big song she had? It was um uh, Studio How Elms. old is she? Because in well, this show I almost just cried then Legitimately X's really... and O's? Yes But it, you'd recognise it Okay um, oh, How I'm old is she? Show. How old is Ellie? Like uh, 21, 22 She was born in 90? 90? 89 She's, she's oh, 29 she's yeah. 20, yeah, fuck me 28 Because um, this show is about him raising a one year old as well 
So I saw that he's... right at the very end. I had not been introduced to this child yet once before, but right yeah. at the very end, I think he was attempting to. What's going on? Oh, you're playing it. No, we don't have the rights to music. So let's go to the chorus. She's got a good voice by the sounds really of that. Good. She sounds like um, uh, Duffy. Yes, she does. Yeah, she absolutely does. Oh, she's got a great voice. That's awesome. That's so cool. This is her hair. Yeah, cool. People aren't going to hear a whole lot of that on these mics, but... Um, we know. We know. You should look up that song. It's good. Uh... Where were we? You were just sort of in a K-hole. <laughs> there was actually one of his stand-up jokes got me. I laughed genuinely at it. Uh, it was where he was discussing the Beatles. Yep, which that was he, a good bit. And he's he's talking about Paul McCartney in a concert, and he's saying... Uh, he's 72. You're 72. He's talking about Paul McCartney playing new music. He's, you're 72. You might not make it through the show. End on a hit. It's <laughs> mm. funny. Is it? Funny enough. It yeah. was, do you know what? His Paul McCartney impression was easily the best acting he'd done throughout well, the he entire Well, he was a core cast member in the Bad Boys, like 1990 to 94. I think I forget that about him. I reckon I Rob Schneider's not a bad comic actor. I think he's a think terrible he's a, writer. He's an all right impressionist, I think. What? No. Have you seen any of his shit where he's just like... Well, not at broad strokes of entire, you know, uh, cultures. I but, thought his Stephen Hawking was pretty good. Really, he showcased a pretty decent. It's like the easiest. It's like an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. You do the oh, robot really? voice. You do an there. Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. What he didn't do an Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm no. You 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 said it was easy. So go on, <laughs> hit us with your flawless impression. Timbat, non-impressionist Timbat with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let me tell you about. Oh fuck! I can't Have even key started? in. I, can, I need to key in. Hold on. Hold on. What's you, a, you're off key. No, no, you key in to the to the to the Arnie voice. Give me your. It's not a tumor. I need your jacket, your boots, and your motorcycle. It's sort it's, of that's hot garbage. Rainier Wolfcastle. Well, that's based on Arnie. So well, I'll tell you what I liked about it was that you didn't go for the easy quote, which is, "I'll, I'll be, be back." back. Yes. Was, that, was that it then? Yeah, that's my Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> impression is. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't but, you stay here. I'll yeah, be back. Quite a different movie. Quite a different tone. <laughs> <laughs> Same movie. One second, please. <laughs> I'll be back in my own time. I'll As it was be back. originally scripted. One second, please. <laughs> uh, there was also there was a funny bit because Rob his personality is kind of a composite of all these things that he's skimmed. I think online, and he's sort of. <laughs> Uh, at one point, he's, he's like a Russian bot. Yeah, he's trying to explain to his uh, Mexican American wife mm-hmm. what America is and how they do things in America. God, I'd forgotten and about he says, God, in America, so we have it. these things called myth busting and random shootings, which is meant to be a gag, I think. <laughs> but knowing who he is, and this is semi autobiographical, all I wanted him to say afterwards, we've got these things called myth busting and random shootings and vaccinations. And if you give them to your children, yeah. it leads to autism. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, because so can we actually Google that? Because we keep, um, I don't think we've said this in the podcast, but we keep referencing that we think Schneider is an anti-vaxxer. Does that ring any bells, Alice? You you go online? Yeah, I do go, on, I do go online. Thank you. Um, I can't say that I've spent an inordinate amount of time going online, specifically looking up for information pertaining um, to Rob or not, Schneider. And what or not, I have an here is a four-minute, 28-second video with mm-hmm. the title... Rob Schneider speaks out against vaccines. 
And well, that's brave, you the, know. <laughs> it's, it's from like a pro, it's like, a, or not pro, but it's from a, a channel called TruthTube1111. One, 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 oh, one. Hey, can I tell you something? Educate before you vaccinate. Oh, fuck. Guess who fuck. else is an anti-vaxxer? Jim Carrey? No. Oh. I think he flirted with it when he Robert was... Robert De Niro. No. Really? But Robert De Niro's senile. Yeah, he's off the boil Do in a big way. Do you reckon he's senile? Yeah. No, is he? Yeah, Robert De Niro's old. Yeah, we didn't make you senile. That's um, ageist, mate. So special... Ruth Bader Ginsburg is in her 80s and still a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, but she's not a fucking anti-vaxxer, mate. He's 74. My mum's only 72, so I think actually you're on to something. Don't, don't, don't bring the great Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg into this. Hey, as a special audio treat, do you want to play some of that? Because I think we can do this. I'm going to sacrifice my mic so that we can hear a little bit of Schneider. So, Guy, is this him talking about um, yeah, vaccine look, I haven't stuff? watched this before, but we're just going to at random play some okay, of it. Okay, ho- hold on. It's not plugged in. i got to unplug me. Hold on. Well, my wife is five months pregnant, and I'm for parental rights, not government coercion telling us uh, what we can do, what we can't do with our kids. There is no other mandated procedure in our, that is, it's, first of all, it's illegal. You can't have, you can't make, um, you can't make people do procedures that they don't want. The parents have to be the ones who make the decisions for what's best for, my, for, for our kids. It can't be the government saying that. It's against the Nuremberg laws. I mean, it's ridiculous. And it's against the state constitution, and it's against their own bylaws here. I mean, I was reading the, I've been reading some legislation that was passed years ago, but they used to do state sterilizations, and they thought that that was a good thing. You know, so you, you can't let the state make the decisions. The people have to decide, and parents have to decide, and that's why I'm here. You know, the idea that the state is going to tell me what I can do with my kids. First of all, and the doctors are not going to tell you both sides of the issue. They're not, because they are. They are, they are told by the pharmaceutical industry, which makes billions this of dollars, the best episode of Real that it's completely World, yeah. safe. And let me tell I you, they've gone from by. when you and I were kids, you had like eight shots. I, do you know, you raised a, yeah, you raised <laughs> a lot of good points. It's, it's, yeah, it's not the most um, ridiculous version of it, but a lot of what he says is like incorrect. And there's so few states that are like legally mandating. I don't think... Well, I don't know about any states that are legally mandating you to get it. This is something that, like, because um, my wife is a GP, she gets real riled up about. She's like, literally, vaccines are, like, literally the greatest thing we've ever invented. Like, they've <laughs> saved, that and clean water are the things that have saved more lives through science than any other thing we've done. Can I, can I talk about... Jenny McCarthy's kid autism. Well, that's an indisputable fact. because she fixed it. Uh, she fixed speaking it. of, you know, cure-alls for health... Uh, you know the hospital of Patch Adams I think comedy is a fine cure for <laughs> anything that ails you and speaking of a, a real high point in terms of comedy while watching episode 6 of Real Rob Cleaning House how about those fart FX oh yes the, the <sighs> shit gags how how was Robbie so Rob makes a chicken soup for Jamie but it's like on purpose got camelobacter or something. Yeah, it's got camelobacter in it because he won't let his wife try it. Wait, so how do like you say it? Is it camelobacter? Thank yeah, you for not like you ca- camelobacter. I don't know. Yeah. But thank you for not making fun of me and no, just sailing camelobacter on the forty-five. So, because his oh, wife sorry. goes to get a spoonful of it, and he's like, "That's not for us. That's for that I'm cooking this for Jamie. Exactly. It's safe for Jamie. It's not safe for us." And then, you so know, predictably, the he gets the shit. Is that he actively poisons his assistant, but why? And then chastises him when his assistant can't come in because he's sick. Those are the actions of a, a, a madman. <laughs> it's that disorder, you know, when parents poison their kids. Munchausen. Yeah, it's that. 
That'll be me one day. I but worse because that has a that's got a logic to it, where the parent is trying to like, you know, be doting and mothering. So it's like trying to put your child in a vulnerable state so you can parent them. Rob's just like, I'm going to poison you. I don't understand why you're sick. It doesn't. It, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Alice, if you could say anything to Rob Schneider, what would you say to him right now? I'd like to audition for a part. <laughs> And your series real right. <laughs> well, there's every chance he's listening along. <laughs> what would your ideal um, role be in season three? Oh, that's such a good question. I reckon I'm going to come in as his lefty le- like neighbour, like his like really hard left like feminist neighbour. You'll be a lesbian, by the way, on I'll, this show. On this show, absolutely, I'll be a lesbian. I have to shave my hair. Yes, correct. Yeah, um, and get and go topless. Like I think every scene I'll be in will be my breasts will be pixelated, <laughs> and and I'll constantly be washing my clothes under the hose. Yes, <laughs> it would be a perfect piece, a pitch perfect piece of casting <laughs> for your appearance in Real Rob. And and um, I'll probably not live in my house. I'll be on a tent on yeah. the front lawn. Perfect. And I'll be against um, some sort of like normal recycling. Well, the great news is you don't even need to submit. You can just show up on set on the day with this character and lines ready to go and get ready to tuck into some lovely work. I reckon that's how they get all the extras on this is that um, Rob Schneider, because this is filmed in his house without question, is that Which is why it's so staggering they couldn't reshoot the witch doctor scene. Yeah. <laughs> You've got access to the set 24 hours a day. I don't know if you noticed, but all of the lighting is just over here. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so he's on the star tour, and that's how they get all their extras. They only shoot this show between the hours of like 11.45 a.m. and 12 p.m., which is when the star bus rolls around the front of their house. And he goes, great, we've got a garage um, sale scene. Can you guys just pop out and just be the attendees here? That's probably why they look so demoralized when they're performing as well. They really do. Uh, I think that's us. Alice, have you got anything you'd like to plug? We don't know when this is going to be released. Your podcast, maybe, Alice? Oh, yeah, that listen I to produce? Bones of the Heart. Yeah, Bones be- of the Heart. I thought it was called Boner Patrol. No, that's a wicked rumour that's going around that I will squash. Well, consider it squashed. <laughs> Bonus of the heart. Fantastic, Alistair. Check her out on Boner Patrol. Uh, I'd like to end this episode with a quote from Rob Schneider uh, and one that I imagine he was saying both in character and as the director and sort of showrunner to all of the crew and cast on set, which is, don't do it for me. Do it to keep your job. Okay? Okay. 